When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com and the Pewter Report podcast. Want to wish a happy Valentine's Day to all the Pewter people and the Bucks fans out there as we keep it Valentine's Day themed for today's episode with the title, What Do You? Yeah, I'm talking to you, Bucks fans. What do you love about the Bucks? We're going to talk about the roster, the coaches, the situation with the Buccaneers, and a lot more as we continue this offseason. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Great to be back. I missed you, Pewter people. I was on a little bit of a vacation. I saw some people wondering where I was. I was out in Park City, Utah, hitting the slopes, doing some snowboarding. (laughs) Very excited to be back and even more excited to have on the show today. Reoccurring guest he's been on before. Very happy to have him again. It is River Wells from Bucks Wire. Great guy to talk to and chop it up in the uh, Bucks media room during the season. And we got him on the show today. River, thank you so much for uh, joining us this afternoon. How's it going? Going pretty good. Uh, always down to hang out with Pewter Report and you guys. You know, he did great work. So it's great to talk about the Bucks. And uh, like you said, be it in the media room or here on the podcast, I'm always ready. Yeah, uh, we're very happy to have you. Uh, a lot to get into as well. And we get uh, closer to. The draft, too. So I'm uh, not going to focus as much attention on the draft in this episode, but you did say before the show you've been working on some mock drafts, working yeah. on uh, some fits for uh, players in college football going to the Buccaneers. Anyone off the bat that's kind of catching your eye a little bit or someone that you go, man, I would love to see this player on the Buccaneers because in my eyes, it's just a fit. You're going to see a lot of this. In fact, there has been a lot of this already um, from Mox, you know, ESPN, VFF. But Graham Barton is definitely going to be a name you're going yeah. to hear a lot because uh, Bucks have before drafted tackles at the college level and kicked them inside. And uh, interior offensive line, in my opinion, next to edge rusher is the biggest need for the team. So that's something they got to shore up, I think, pretty quickly. And he would be an immediate way to do that going into the season. So I think that would be a really big get for the Bucks if he's able to slide down, fall there. Um, um, otherwise, I think, you know, I like Chuck Robinson. I like Braswell, you know, one of those edge rushers you can get in the first round. So should be interesting to see where they go, what direction they go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Braswell was a guy, obviously talking about the Alabama edge rusher who um, yeah. 
Computer Reports own Scott Reynolds had him going to the Buccaneers in the uh, first round of Computer Reports seven round mock draft. So uh, definitely someone that um, Bucks fans and Peter people have been paying attention to just uh, a little bit more maybe than some. Uh, but as everybody saw on the title of the show today, because it is Valentine's Day, we want to keep it in a good mood. You know, it's a, it's a lovely day. Put those hearts up for sure. Love it. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk about what uh, Bucks fans love about their favorite team or things that we personally love about this team. So I'm going to get it started and kind of keep it with something new for the Buccaneers. And obviously there's a lot of free agency discussion. Who's going to come in? Can they resign a lot of guys? And one of the big ones is Baker Mayfield. How do you get Baker Mayfield back? Because he is a free agent. It's not guaranteed that he's going to come back to the Bucs. Now there has been a lot of chatter. There is plenty of love going around back and forth between Baker and the Buccaneers. But one great way to attract Baker Mayfield to return, to come back, I think is to keep that continuity of the offense that Baker was just in, throwing for over 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, um, a career year for him. Pro Bowl alternate ends up winning Pro Bowl MVP. and Absolutely in my opinion, got robbed of comeback player of the year. If you weren't going to give it to Tamar Hamlin, how do you give to Joe Flacco, who had a good run of like seven games versus what Baker Mayfield did for the whole season? But Flacco also underratedly threw a lot of picks. Yeah, threw threw a ton of picks. And, you know, somehow Baker's still linked to the Browns, even though he doesn't play for uh, (laughs) the Browns uh, anymore as – Christopher Cole is talking about Jackson Powers Johnson, the Oregon center that we're a big yeah, fan. Of. Another another good one. Yeah, yeah, as well. He might not be on the board at 26. Yeah, that's the problem, the especially because yeah, the yeah. Eagles, we'll see with Jason Kelsey. But um, the first thing that I love about the Bucs is this signing, or I should say hiring, of new offensive coordinator Liam Cohen. Because the biggest thing, in my opinion, that will be best for Baker Mayfield is to – Um, have continuity he didn't have it too much in cleveland with the browns a lot of different head coaches a lot of different head coaches and coordinators yeah finally gets it together they they figure out the right coaching staff and then baker gets injured and the browns go we don't want baker anymore so he comes to tampa you heard me just say all of the the great things he did last season not too much you can do with dave canales leaving you know going to carolina that that's that's on his own deal this similar offense together with Liam Cohen, who's worked with Baker Mayfield before. I love that the Bucks are attempting to keep continuity uh, with Liam Cohen. So, River, I, I want to ask you, you were there with a lot of us um, when Liam Cohen had his introductory press conference with the Bucks last week or however long ago it was. Um, what were your initial takeaways from Liam Cohen and him arriving in Tampa? I was a pretty big fan of what he was saying, uh, both at the press conference and then we talked to him uh, after. And like you said, that continuity is a huge thing, especially with the it, – it's the Shane Waldron sort of archetype that came from Sean McVay and having that kind of get passed down. And if you want Baker back, and I think it's been pretty clear on both sides, that both sides want to get that reading done, that that's a big thing for him. It's a big thing for the Bucks. It was a big thing for the other players on the team as well, you know. A little bit of tweaks, maybe in Burbage, but otherwise running a very similar offense can be can be huge going into next year. I asked Liam about at snap motion, yeah, because that's a huge thing going on in the NFL right now. A lot of the best offenses in the league 
like the Dolphins very notably, but the Rams and the 49ers all make use of it. And Dave Canales did not. Um, I'm looking at the chart here. The Bucks used at snap motion at 12.8% of their snaps in 2023. That's 28th in the league. And then you look at the Dolphins were number one, the Rams were number two, the 49ers number three. That's a big thing going on in the NFL, and I asked Liam Cohen about that, and he made sure to say that this is going to be something that gets used in the Bucks' offense going forward. And I think that's very exciting because I liked a lot about Dave Canales when he was here. I think he had great play designs, but I think sometimes his personnel usage and his shot selection, being a first-year coordinator, of course, um, yeah. you know, was a little bit suspect at times. Uh, but not only is Cohen – you know, he's he's called plays before at Kentucky. He's been an offensive coordinator before. And working with Sean McVay like that and being under a system, you get a lot of the same system with a little bit more experience. And um, stuff like that with the at-snap motion, like I mentioned, that's a big aspect of the modern NFL moving forward. And I love that he was able to embrace that when we talked with each other because the Rams used it 44% of the time. And there's this really cool article from J.P. Acosta with SB Nation that talked about how the Rams yeah. use at-snap motion. You know, being able to basically get some good angles and, and, and free up some players and, and get some good leverage. And if Cohen can bring that to the Bucks' offense, I think that'd be huge going forward. So I, I am a, a pretty big fan of the hire, especially at the talk. Yeah, uh, one of the one of the things I was most impressed about with Liam Cohen was specifically when he was talking about getting the football in the hands of his best players and how we talked about right. that he's like, I have a sheet, a certain part of my playbook where it doesn't, you know, could be a big fourth down play or a third and short in a crucial moment of the game. And it does not matter what the defense looks like. I'm going to these plays. We don't have to adjust too much, but I'm going to make sure our best player gets the football. And he brought up the fact that Cooper Cup, who he worked with, obviously, in Los Angeles, that year that Cooper Cup won the Triple Crown and was just unreal as a wide receiver. Everybody that watched, I don't know, 10 seconds of football knew that Cooper Cup was going to get the football Absolutely. come hell or high water. And it didn't matter that everybody knew it because they still found ways to get him involved, whether it was lining him up outside, putting him in motion and, and everything of that nature. Now, of course, Mike Evans has to be re-signed. We got to see what's up yep. with Chris Godwin, if there's a little bit of a resurgence. But I love the idea because that was a, a a bit of a criticism of Dave Canals that at times sure. Mike Evans would go missing. At times, Chris Godwin would go missing. Sure. And then obviously a lot of things spawned from social media with uh, with his wife about Chris yeah. not getting the ball. So I love that there is a sense of comfort right now. I mean, things could change when the games get going and, right. and you watch film and everything. But there is a sense of comfort of you feel like your best players are always going to be involved no matter what. So let me ask you this in terms of, uh, of Liam Collins. Let's take quarterback out of it. Sure. Who do you think benefits the most from Liam Cohen being the offensive coordinator? Is it Mike? Is it maybe Chris Godwin? Maybe Rashad White? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, if we're going by uh, Liam's own philosophy, he says players over plays, right? And yeah. talking about Chris Godwin, um, Godwin A has shown – a tendency over his career to be a very, very good receiver in many aspects of the game, uh, be it slot work, be it, you know, in clutch time, be it his hands. And B, he makes a lot of money. 
right now. Yes. Yeah. So you want him to be involved in the game plan. And I, I think he wasn't quite involved enough, perhaps in 2023, for both the amount of money he's getting and for the skill set he's shown. Did a lot of really good stuff in crunch time, usually in two minute drill work, and he had that great Packers game. Yeah. Um, but I think you want to see him kind of get more involved in the passing offense and the passing game. And I think if Cohen is true to his word and his philosophy, you could definitely see that happening. And then Rashad White, too. The run game is a huge part of this yes. offense going forward. And if Cohen can fix that, because uh, it was very, it's been very broken for two years, mm-hmm. if Cohen can fix that, Rashad White's a huge benefactor, especially if you can still use him in space while also getting him going on the ground. That'd be really, really big. Uh, shout out to Nathan Elliott who says hi to River. <laughs> uh, Bucks news flowing uh, wells. Um, I'll take that. also absolutely good question here from Paul, aka Florida Dreamhouse, one of our uh, top commenters and uh, a fan that we appreciate so much. He says or is asking, "What's the first domino to fall? Baker resigns or Mike resigns?" River, I'll let you go first, and then also, if you had to predict resigning with the Bucks. Or with another team? Put me on the spot. Man, that's, yeah, a, that's a hell of a question there. It's a really good question, actually. Um, because we know that Baker Mayfield has publicly said that he wants Mike Evans back. Um, after, yeah. In fact, after the Lions game, that was one of the first things we talked about. Um, Baker and the Bucks seem to have a mutual interest. And, and, and I think Baker might take a little less than what some are projecting, perhaps, to get that continuity and return to the team. But... I think Evans really deserves a marquee deal at this point in his career. And if he can find that from another team, I, I think he'll definitely consider it. Um, for that reason, I think Baker will probably resign first. Um, and then perhaps Evans will resign later. Curious to see where, where they go with that, because obviously Mike is a very big part of the fan base, a big part of the culture in Tampa. He's a huge part of the team as one of the best wide yeah. receivers in the NFL. But Jason Light, John Spytek, Mike Greenberg, always really good about looking forward into the future. And it'll be interesting to see how they take a look at Mike Evans, who fantastic in 2023. did everything he needed to do to get another contract, but he is on the wrong side of 30. And um, it'll be interesting to see how they go forward in the future, given that there's things to do later on. Yeah, absolutely. To answer Paul's question, I think it is I think it is Baker Mayfield yeah. for two reasons. One, Baker, while he has made money in his career, and I know Scott Reynolds has, has mentioned a lot about, oh, well, he lost $12 million. There's a whole thing like someone in his family was taking money. Right. Baker's yeah. still wealthy enough. Like he was at the Super Bowl in Vegas. He was playing blackjack and busting <laughs> with the boys and and oh, no Allen and, and a couple of those guys. So I understand he's not making like the mega money that Patrick Mahomes is making, things of that nature. But I don't think Baker Mayfield's financially strapped. With that said, I do think Baker and his family and everybody wants a peace of mind of like, okay, I don't have to wonder now, where am I going to play this year? Do I have to travel? Do I have to start packing boxes and, and move again? because this is now the fifth, sixth team, whatever, that I'm right. about to be on. I think Baker would be fine with getting money that he feels that he deserves, but not necessarily like, nope, I'm going to hold out and wait and make you guys wait until the the last minute of the final hour before, you know, whatever comes next. So I think yeah. Baker, if he's like, you know what, they want to give me $30 million? 
fine, I'm back. I still got Chris Godwin. I still got Rashad White and, and, and things of that nature. I think that's important. 30 would be fantastic. I yeah. Think. That'd be fantastic. I don't know if it's going to quite be as low as 30. But we All right, well, let me ask you this then, then and then I'll get my thoughts on, on Mike Evans, and uh, I'll say something I love about Mike Evans as well. But for Baker, here's the thing. Everyone wants to compare Baker to the Geno Smith contract. Right. Understandably so. There's a lot of similarities of reviving yeah. your career and – uh, and, and things of that nature. But you can look at the Geno Smith thing in one aspect of it, but can you also look at, and I get it, he's not as well-established Baker at this point, but like, look at the contract that the Giants gave Daniel Jones for the production that Daniel Jones had at yeah. the time up until this season when, when he got injured. And let's face it, the Giants weren't playing well even when oh, yeah. Daniel Jones was, was healthy. If you're Baker Mayfield's agent, don't you say – Okay, yeah, the Geno Smith thing is all right, but look at that Daniel Jones money. I want the Daniel Jones money for my client. 100%. Uh, I think that's going to be frequently mentioned in these conversations, I'm sure, perhaps already has. Um, I think through the books, Daniel Jones might be a little bit too much, and I think uh, if you're Baker Mayfield, Geno Smith might be a little bit too little. So yeah. it's definitely going to have to come in between there because if you get Baker back, and then you bring Evans back, and then let's say you franchise tag Antoine Winfield Jr. Yep, this is a huge percentage of your cap that you have on those three players at that point. Mm-hmm. So you, you really have to think about not only for twenty twenty four, but for the future, um, how that's going to go. And of course, Mayfield played very very good last year. I was a big fan of what he did with the Bucks, and I think if he can continue that level of play, he's absolutely worth a long term contract. But that's something to think about as well. Um, going forward too so I think they'll probably meet somewhere in the middle there and I think Mayfield has already said you know I'm going to make a few sacrifices to get some key pieces back and again we talked about that continuity so I think it's going to be somewhere in between those two contracts 40 a year is a little much I think 30 years maybe a little little because Baker's 28 years old right yeah um, still a young guy and if he can play like he did last year consistently I mean that's in this league, pretty damn good quarterback play for a long time, especially at that age. So Absolutely. I think it'll probably be in the middle there. Yeah. Absolutely. And a huge shout-out needs to go out to Dan Patrick of, of course, the Dan Patrick Show. Because Baker went on his show during um, during the Super Bowl week. And in my opinion, Dan Patrick's one of the best interviewers um, you know, of the mm-hmm. last 20 to 30 years. And I don't know if it's because of his status now or whatever it is, but he seems to always just get the best out of whoever he's interviewing. And I thought Baker had a lot of great and, and thoughtful answers and thought provoking answers as well. Before I talk about Mike, and I promise I will get to Mike, but you know, <laughs> Baker Mayfield moves the needle as well. I asked Scott Reynolds last week, but I'm curious to get your opinion about it as well. River. Yeah. Um, the, the amount of money per year, on a hopeful future contract for Baker Mayfield. I know we already talked about fluctuating anywhere from 20 million to 40 million, maybe meet in the middle at 30 million. If you're a box fan and you get the same, let's just say like similar amount of production from Baker next season. Yeah. Are you fine with 30 million per year? Or do you think, it needs to be a little bit less for the production that Baker uh, provided the Bucks this season. I think for the production that Baker provided the Bucks this season, uh, somewhere around 30 is probably fine. We're talking 28 touchdowns, 
to 10 picks, over 4,000 yards passing. And then he went six and three in the playoffs, I believe, six touchdowns, three picks. So, yeah, that's pretty damn good, you know, all things considered. Um, ideally, you would like less, more so of a Geno Smith sort of deal, obviously, to free up things going forward. And of course, because Baker did exactly what he needed to do, it was a prove it contract, he proved it. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but he proved it for one year and his inconsistency has kind of been a point of discussion among a lot of people. Yeah. And it, it, you would hate to give, you know, 30, 35 million the next year he has a down year and then what are you right. doing? That's, that's uh, what I'm a little worried about is, is like, yeah, can, so, can he keep that production for another two or three years? Because yes, it was great what he did. Part of me a little bit is like, uh, is that a flash in the pan or is that right. what we'll see from Baker? That's a valid concern. Yeah. Foul concern. So, and I think Jason Light's thinking about that. You know, I, I think the Bucks are thinking about that. So, I think Baker deserves to be paid for what he did. I, I was very impressed with what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he played good football, um, and he 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 did way over. He was making what four million base last year, and then made a little bit more. Yeah, than I mean, the way Bucks. over delivered on that. I mean, unbelievably. So, there's the a Bucks there. for what Baker, they right? paid yeah. for. Yeah, for what they paid for Baker Mayfield, I mean that was an absolute steal. There's no other way to, to go around sure. it other look at what, than it was look a what steal. Derek Carr was doing with New Orleans, and that's yeah. the other side of it is the the yeah. whole NFC South division. <laughs> you look at the quarterback play and the money that was um, that was paid to to Carr as well. I mean, if you're a Bucks fan, right. you got to be laughing at that. Chat's a long lost Glazer who says anything over 25 million for Baker is bad roster construction. Falcons are the only legit threat, in my opinion, to sign Baker. Can't imagine Raheem immediately signing his future to Baker when he has a few years. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. Long that's, valid, that's a valid, valid complaint, for sure. I yeah, mean, because again, if you get Baker back, you get Mike back. You get, this is going to be a very large center to the Bucks cap tied up to very few players. So right. that's what we think about going forward. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and that that's another side of it is what's the market for Baker Mayfield? I think that might be a story I'll be working on in the near future, so keep an eye out for that, Peter People. Like, who are the other teams that are looking for Baker Mayfield or looking for a court, a team that feels like they are a quarterback away? I would kind of put the – I don't know about a Super Bowl contender, but I would put the Falcons in that category of like, hey, we 100%. functional quarterback play. 100%. We're going to the postseason, and teams aren't going yeah. to want to play against us. I think another team for different reasons, the Minnesota Vikings, because Kirk Cousins coming off a very serious yeah. injury, they have a roster that's ready to win now. Like they had made the playoffs previously up until Kirk Cousins getting they injured. They had the best I wide also, receiver in the NFL. So exactly, NFL, which so. you know, if, if Baker had success with Mike Evans, I think he could have uh, just as good, if not more, success with Justin Jefferson, probably and Jordan Addison, Jordan Addison, who had a who had a great uh, rookie season, and absolutely um, the, yeah. the tight end as well, Hawkinson. You know, there's um there's a lot to like about the Vikings too. Um, a dark horse team, I think, would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now they got to deal with with Kenny Pickett, but if they think, hey, our defense is legit. We got talented wide receivers. We just can't give them the football. I think the Steelers would be um, a very interesting thought process as well, but we can um, we can address that at a uh, later date. Shout out to Nathan Elliott, who says, Baker's production depends upon Mike Evans coming back. Another That's a catch-22, isn't there. it? <laughs> it is a catch-22, which brings me to um, something else I want to discuss with Mike Evans again. What do you love most about the Bucs? 
Mike Evans currently isn't a buck, but what I love about him, one, is that he's the greatest offensive player in the history of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But you see him right there handing the football to a fan. What Mike Evans means to the community is something that I absolutely love. And how the Tampa Bay community really is able to uh, rally around their guys. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. There's a lot of great charities that that Bucks players run, whether it's the Mike Evans Family Foundation, um, Bruce Arians and his Family Foundation. Um, They got an event coming up in March, which you can get more info about that on pewterreport.com. Chris Godwin's got one. Antoine Winfield Jr. was just the Bucks nominee for Walter Payton Man of the Year. So I love what Mike Evans has meant to the community, even if he doesn't come back this season. Um, He's such an important figurehead for more than just football um, and the NFL. And he's a freaking awesome player as well. So uh, to bring this full circle, going back to the contracts with Baker and Mike um, and everything like that, I think... Baker's going to sign first for all the reasons that we just talked about. Mike, I think there's another um, element to this where Mike has already made the big money with big contracts. I understand he wants another big contract, and he is very deserving of it, as we just talked about. 100%, yeah. The stats he's had tied the NFL in touchdowns this year. But Mike, I think, has more flexibility and leeway to say, I'm going to wait until the very last second. I'm going to listen to every single offer I have. Because every year, there are teams that stupidly overpay for a guy that isn't even near the level of Mike Evans. I mean, I think free agency, baby. that free agency, I mean, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? So, yeah. I mean, I look at... <laughs> And maybe because I pay attention to this team a little bit more than others, but I look at the Jets and the contract they gave to Alan Lazard, and it, and I get it because Aaron Rodgers was there. Immediately right. as Lazard got that contract, I'm going, ooh, this uh, this does not look good. This is not something that I would um, <laughs> that, that I would sign up for. You are uh, right. Yeah, and I yeah, and I was right. He was terrible for the Jets. But that's not the only example. I mean, year after year, there's always a guy that gets overpaid or teams throw way too much money at Mike Evans is a guy that I think teams should overpay for to make sure that you have Mike Evans. And I'm not crazy sure about every single salary cap situation for every team, but I mean, a a team such as the the Houston Texans that just made noise this year, Mike Evans is a Texas guy, CJ Stroud. I mean, why wouldn't Mike Evans want to play with CJ Stroud? You know, he's going to be there for the next decade. I don't think Mike's playing. For the next decade, but never say right. never. I mean, you got some two, you got two really good receivers right there with Nico Collins and Tank Dell. You throw in Mike Evans, who's a solidified, bona fide number one wide receiver. That is a scary thought of just an offense to deal with, and even scarier, Mike Evans leaving um, the Buccaneers. But I, I think Mike is smart enough to say, All right, I'm going to listen to a bunch of different offers. And then see what Tampa Bay can do. And if the Bucs want to match, then I'm coming back to Tampa. 
Yeah, I think Mike Evans will be a fool not to listen to free agent offers, um, especially given the caliber of receiver he is. And the bottom line in my eyes is two things can be true. One, I think Mike Evans loves it here in Tampa Bay. Um, I think yeah. he loves the Bucks community. I think he loves you know the fans. I think he loves his experience in the organization. And two, he loves money. I mean, you know, yeah. that's how it goes. <laughs> And if it comes down to it that the, the Bucks give him a reasonable offer for his age and maybe a little bit less than market value to come stay with that, you know, with the Bucks where he's been, and the Texans come in and just blow it out of the water, then he's going to be a Houston Texan, I, I think. Um, that being said, I, I'm, I'm fairly confident the Bucks can get this deal done on both sides. Um, and whether or not it's a good idea or not is an entirely different discussion given the future of the salary cap and Evans' age and whatnot. But – I think Evans means a lot to the Tampa Bay community. Like you said, he means a ton to the yeah. fans. I, I've been on Twitter. I've, I've been on Reddit. And there's so many Bucks fans that have said, just give him a blank check. I don't care if we're bad. I just want Mike to retire a book. It's a, it's a very common sentiment, you know, believe it or not, um, across a lot of Bucks fans. So he's very important to the team. I, I think the owners know that. I think Jason Light knows that. Um, so I have a feeling that the Bucks are going to put in a pretty, pretty big effort to get him back. But, Again, when it comes to free agency, and like you mentioned, how much money some other teams have, yeah, it may not be the last word for Tampa Bay. It might be whoever might just decide to come in and, and, and throw them a, a comically large bag. At that point, there's not much you can do. So we'll see where it goes. But if you were to ask me right now, I'd say it's it's pretty trending in the, in the right direction for Mike Evans to come back to the Bucks, But it's not – a sure thing by any means i don't think because i mean mike's a texas guy you know yeah. he'd love to come back and, and play for houston and there's some other playoff contenders who he could slot into and they'd be good right away so we'll see where it goes it's one of the more interesting things i think to do with the long-term future of the team and the salary cap yeah. peter port alumni and currently with pro football focus trevor sycamore likes to say Absolutely. mike parentheses <laughs> buccaneer for life Evans. Evans. So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I know he wants to see that. Um, I think a lot of Bucks fans are confident that Mike will be back. And there is a sentimental part to it for Jason Light. It was his first ever draft 100%. pick. 100%. Typically, yeah, yeah. Typically, and I'll talk about Jason Light a little bit later on the show. Typically, if Jason in the front office want a guy or want to re-sign a guy more specifically, they tend to get it done. Uh, when it comes to energy drinks, though, I'm confident that the best energy drink around is Celsius Energy Drinks, which is the official energy drink of the Pewter Report podcast and, of course, pewterreport.com. Their newest line of energy drinks out there is the Celsius Essentials. We are having them the whole time when we were in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. We'll continue to crush them as we go to Indianapolis for the Combine, which is coming up in a couple of weeks Check out uh, the Blue Crush flavor. The Dragonberry is um, awesome as well. There are 270 milligrams of caffeine in Celsius Essentials, but no sugar at all whatsoever. It is the ultimate energy drink by Celsius that is formulated to help the fitness enthusiasts looking to elevate their performance, and it supports your physical and cognitive performances as well. Celsius Essentials are available at 7-Eleven nationwide. 7-Elevens, I should say. 7-Eleven. Yeah, yeah 7-Eleven. <laughs> Ocean's <laughs> Eleven. Um, you get the three-flavor variety pack over at Walmart. They're rolling out to 
nationwide retailers uh, very soon. And sooner rather than later, they are coming to Amazon where you can order them online. So whether it's the new Celsius Essentials, whether it's some of the OG flavors of Celsius, the sparkling orange, sparkling watermelon, what do I got over there? The cucumber lime, the <laughs> Arctic vibe is my personal favorite. Um, if you need to know where to find a Celsius energy drink, Head on over to the Celsius store locator on their website. Punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you can pick one up. doesn't matter if you're in Tampa, if you're in Texas, if you're in Mobile or Indy. Um, it'll hook you up with the spot. Maybe you can pick one up at your local Walmart, Target, health and fitness store. Or if you're lucky enough, could be your bodega. And once you keep going to your bodega and you know you love Celsius and you want to get some more, you can buy them in bulk. That's when you go back to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save and have it sent to your place of residence whenever you want. Could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. Make Celsius your number one pick. I uh, saw a super chat before, and if you know our rule, if you super chat us, we make sure we get to it. ASAP, thank you to Emily Kappa for the 999 Super Chat, who says, Hi, everyone. Really hate this downtime. There's no telling who is staying and who is going as of yet. I can't imagine Baker leaving if Mike Evans stays. I think we met expectations plus some this last season. Uh, Emily, thank you for the comment and the Super Chat. Um, I wouldn't even say that they met expectations. I would say the Buccaneers exceeded they expectations. Shattered. They I'll put my hand up. I'll put yeah. my hand up here. I had them winning six games. Really? Okay, so you had the under. You had, I had the under on the uh, six and low. a half. Right, and I mean, they won a playoff game. They hung with the Lions, who were a great team in the playoffs. Completely shattered expectations, I think, especially with that run at the end of the season where that win streak they had. So, yeah, uh, and that's the appeal of Baker Mayfield go- going into this this next season. Um, yeah, again, with the same thing with Mike Evans, uh, I'm sure there's a scenario um, where Baker Mayfield is thrown a bag by somebody and leaves in Mike Evans' days, but I would agree it's fairly unlikely, especially given what we've talked about over and over again. Consistency is probably a really big part of Baker Mayfield's decision process. Right yeah, now, I mean, as we career. speak, Baker Mayfield is in the Bahamas on a trip with Tristan Wirfs, Robert Hainsey, and a couple of the other Bucks offensive linemen. So you know that he loves playing with these guys. Mm-hmm. Now, with that said, Baker has worked with other great wide receivers. I mean, going back to Oklahoma, he had C.D. Lamb. With the Browns, he had Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, obviously right. when they were closer to their prime. And now he has Mike Evans. Again, kind of the situation we laid out, if um, he goes to Minnesota, he's going to have two great wide receivers over there. So, I mean, there's talent across the league, um, across the NFL. So, yes, ideally you would like to return, play with Mike Evans, a guy that you have continuity with, and there's that buzzword again, continuity, but it is very important. (laughs) Uh, But we'll see. It is a little bit of that downtime right now. Obviously the Super Bowl just ended. The combine, we're kind of like scratching along to get our way there, which is um, very excited. So uh, moving along, River, I'll ask you, what is something that you love about this Bucks team, whether it's the roster, certain positions, something with the coaching staff, or really anything? The floor is yours. Well, I mentioned their names earlier, actually. 
Um, but the cap management from the Bucks coming from Mike Greenberg, John Spytek, and Jason Light, yeah. I, I think it's been fantastic. And there's a lot of discourse one could have on Jason Light. I'm a fan of his, but you know, there's there's certain things you can talk about. But I think one of the things he definitively does very very well um, with his team is is cap management. The decision to eat all of Tom Brady's dead money, I think, was a very very good one, and will be looked back on as such. And no matter how you look at the Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans and Anton Lincoln Jr. and Lamonte David sort of saga and free agency coming up. These guys have done such great work in keeping the buck under the cap and competitive and managing it in the long term. So I would be shocked if they displayed some sort of ineptitude going forward with how they manage the roster, go, you know, coming up given their previous success. So I think they're a huge reason why the Bucks have been able to be competitive um, for the past few years after, after not being for a while. And yeah, I think if you're a Bucks fan and, and knowing that Spy Tech gets interviews, Greenberg gets interviews with GM, and they continue to come back and say every year is a huge, huge boon for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I definitely love that aspect of their organization. Yeah, I think that's a terrific point, River, for a couple of reasons. One, yeah, a huge shout out to Spy Tech, who, who's big with the, the player development and finding these players, yeah. and Greenberg, who's an absolute uh, cat wizard. wizard. Of course, it all wizard. starts with, yeah. um, with Jason Light. I, I'll, I'll kind of expand upon that. I, I love that year in and year out, they are able to essentially switch gears, change the motive, and adapt to really any situation. Because to your point, they went full throttle. They didn't half-ass it. They said, we're going to eat right. the rest of the Tom Brady credit card. We're going to pay the rest of that tax and move forward. And what did they do? They signed Baker Mayfield, but they still kept the team around them competitive. I mean, Baker played better than Tom Brady in his last year with the Buccaneers. The Bucs went further with Baker Mayfield this year than they did the year before with um, with Tom Brady. But then even the years before, first of all, they've been able to develop a lot of players as well. I don't want to hear the negativity about, oh, this pick didn't work out. JTS isn't working out. Because they still drafted Tristan Wirfs and Anton Winfield Jr. in the same draft class. Um Rashad White looks like he could be a big thing. Yep. Elijah Kansi and Yaya Diaby, which we'll put a pin on that one. We'll get to in just a moment. But overall, I think the development of their players has been great. Then you look at some of the other crazier situations that they were in. I mean, after the 2021 season, yes, Tom Brady came back, and that was really important. But let's also remember, Ryan Jensen got hurt on the second day of training camp. So they needed a new center. And Ali Marpet, even before that, abruptly retired. So they need to replace him. And they brought in Shaq Mason because Alex Kappa left in uh, in free agency. Cincinnati, so, yeah. Yeah, to the Cincinnati Bengals. So they had to completely reshape their offensive line in a matter of moments because of some of the other surprising things that went on. I mean, you never think – I get it, football's a physical game. You don't think your center, your stud center, Pro Bowl center – is going to get injured on the second day of training camp. And then, I mean, his career is done. He just retired a yeah. couple of weeks ago. I think overcoming that was really important. And then another thing, and this is going back a couple of years, after they won the Super Bowl in 2020, if a lot of Bucks fans remember, there was so many guys they had to re-sign. They had to re-sign Chris Godwin and Levante David and a couple other defensive guys and a couple of other, other offensive guys as well. Dominican Sue got them all in, back. in New Mexico yeah. got every single player back. You know how difficult that is to do? And people still want to get on Jason's case for like, 
Jordan Whitehead should have resigned. Sorry they couldn't keep every single person. That was a year later, of course, um, yeah. after 2021. But they were able to bring back every single person. That is so difficult to do after you win a Super Bowl, and Jason Light was able to do that. He was able to attract Bruce Arians to come to Tampa. He was able to attract Tom Brady to come to Tampa. And he's kept his team competitive even in the post-Brady era. And I think that deserves a huge tip of the cap. I don't have one, but... I, that was just pure luck that I got the hat next yeah. to me on the, uh, on the laptop. Of course. Um, let's go into someone I just spoke about a moment ago. Um, this is another thing that I love is the future of the Buccaneers. And it has to do with Jason Light a little bit because he drafted these guys. But the core nucleus on the defensive side of the football with Kalijah Kansi at defensive tackle, and we like to say it uh, this way on the Peter Report podcast, Yaya Diaby on the outside. (laughs) I understand that there are questions to be had about the other side of outside linebacker with JTS and Shaq Barrett, and we'll see what Shaq, if he ends up being a uh, cap casualty this year. But you got Vita Vea, who's still insane on the interior defensive line. You put Kalijah Kansi next to him, and you got Yaya, who was, what, second among rookies in sacks, and he didn't even start until week 11, September. week 12. Right, yeah. Um, the potential – for that group, plus you add in K.J. Britt, who could take over for Levante David, plus you add in Zion McCollum, who is going into year three and practically was a starter last season. Um, I love this core group that the Bucks have on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, there's a lot of studs there, uh, and, and people that look like they're developing into studs. Yaya was incredibly impressive given the limited amount of snaps he got until later. And Kalijah Kansi needs a little bit of work probably as a run a run guy, but his pass rushing was exceptional, I think, especially when he came back. Um, he's constantly in the backfield, has a lot of great moves despite his size. So I think there's a really good future for, for both those players going forward. Uh, and like you mentioned, you've got some guys um, there. It's a young team, and, yeah. and that was a gamble that – the Bucks made for 2023, and I think a lot of these guys ended up looking pretty solid. So that's going to be – I mean, some guys need work, but Christian Izzian stepped in as an untrapped free agent. That's another one, yeah. Didn't look, you know, terrible at all by any means. He, he he's has a lot of plays where he just floated the ball, you know, pretty good tackler. So stuff like that, it, it's really interesting to see that happen because I couldn't – there was over – how many rookies were on the initial 53 when it came out? A lot. Of Quite a <laughs> I don't bit. the exact and, number you know, off my head, but definitely a lot. Yeah, and I was looking at that, and I was like, man, this is an interesting choice here. I'm curious to see how this ends up working out. And I think for quite a few of these guys, it, it's looking like it could pay off dividends once you get a young defense that they'll get more experience as they play, mm-hmm. um, hopefully. And if that happens and they get developed the right way, uh, that defense could last you quite a few years and perhaps get better along the way. So definitely some holes to fill still. We talked about edge rusher um, as well. If you can get a guy alongside Diaby at the other end, because like you said, Barrett's probably not going to be uh, in in the picture going forward, given his age and his Achilles injury. And then 
guys like Joe Tryon might not see as many reps given that Diaby was so good at the end of last year. But if you can pair someone like that, that that could be a, a dangerous, dangerous young team on the defense side. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see what happens in the draft. I mean, obviously, we, we've talked about on separate shows right. and we talked about at the beginning of this show about yeah. um, potentially going with an edge rusher in the first round or, or maybe early right. on. Um, in the draft, but I'm curious to get your take on, on Joe Tryon-Shank. Uh, obviously, I, I think the ship has sailed for him being a consistent producer as a starter, but I felt right. that he played well enough when he was a backup, and I think like him as a third-string outside linebacker, I still like that for depth purposes of the box with him and Anthony Nelson as the third and fourth outside linebackers, and I wouldn't hate, I mean, I'm not saying anoint him starter or anything like that, but I wouldn't hate seeing a little bit more playing time for someone like Marquise Watts, who all he did was get after the passer, and that was an issue at times for the Bucs, was getting to the quarterback with just a four-man pass rush where you didn't have to send the house every single time you needed to create some some pressure. Yeah, on one hand, I, I think you're entirely correct. There's definitely an argument that JTS could do well in a rotational role, kind of like how they have guys like Nelson and that. Um, yeah. Definitely, in my opinion, not as a starter. Um, but he's very athletic and has some of that value. On the other hand, like you just mentioned, we saw a little bit from Marquise Watts in 2023. And if you're able to do that that quickly and we've seen JTS kind of struggle along the first four years of his contract, then, then we'll see where it goes going forward. Um, again, if those guys can develop, which if they do, you've just got a plethora of these young studs that have been found across, again, going back to guys like Spytech, um, that, have, that have been found across under the free agents and in the draft. So it, it'll be interesting to see. I know he's up for a fifth-year option, and I, I don't think it would be super wise to activate yeah, that um neither do i but i think there's definitely a lot of potential for jts as a rotational guy like you mentioned he is athletic um he, he does have some the run raw things like the yeah run. that you can do um but yeah for a starter i think once you had diaby come in it was i think the difference in play was abundantly clear at that point oh yeah, yeah uh absolutely for sure by the way, love that uh, we got fans chiming in with what they love about their Buccaneers. JD of course, says, love in the spirit, that, yeah. That we have a good core of young players on both sides of the ball. That's very true. You can look at the offense as well. Rashad White still pretty young going into year three. Kate Otten also year three. Cody Mauk yep. as a rookie. I mean, Cody Mauk was as a starting guard was much further ahead as a rookie than Luke Edeke was as a rookie last season. And we all saw the steps and the trajectory that Gedeke took this right. season moving over to right tackle. So obviously Mount will stay on the interior, maybe move to center. We'll see. But if he can take a similar jump in terms of just better play the way that Gedeke did, that's only going to mean even better things for this offense. Who was the other one that I saw before? Um, Palmer is up there probably as well. Yeah, Trey Palmer as well. Like um, yeah. Chris, Christopher Cole. Yeah, that's another one, Trey Palmer. Christopher Cole says, I love that, talking about the Bucs, their first game was the same year I was born. Finally have a stable GM <laughs> and that we have two Super Bowls. Yeah, that is something to love. I mean, obviously, um, 
They they had the graphic the other day, like teams' records in the Super Bowl. I, I believe the Steelers have the best record at six and two in the Super Bowl. The Bucs are undefeated going two and oh, and there are some one teams of four that never, teams. Yeah, yeah, one of four teams. Um, who are the others? It's the Bucs, the, the Ravens, Jets, the Ravens, and the unfortunately the Saints are yes, the other team well. in that mix. But I, I, I like the word that Christopher. For those used. at home for the math, that's one less than the Pan Bay Buccaneers. Yes, yeah. that is. That's yeah. uh mm-hmm. that's excellent math. The not plant city yeah, math absolutely. for uh for those on this one. Um, but yeah, I think the stability is very important. When you're buying a home as well, you want stability with the people that you're working with because the home buying experience is one of the most important things that you'll go through in your life. And you want to be working with someone that you can get along with that's on the same page as you. And doesn't hurt either that they are a huge Bucks fan. I'm talking about Eric Gross and the Eric Gross group. It takes a full team effort to win a football game, and it takes a full team effort to win in real estate. The Eric Gross Group has done hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market and has experience in all types of situations. Eric is an avid Pewter Report reader and a Tampa native whose father was stationed at McDill Air Force Base. He and his team have the market knowledge, top-notch communication, and commitment to excellent service that sets them apart. With their strong team of vendors and a network of over 85,000 agents, the Eric Gross Group will turn your dream of buying or selling a home into a reality. Their clients are not just transactions. They are lifelong friendships. Don't let the stress of buying or selling a home keep you out of the game. Let the Eric Gross Group take the pressure off. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at the Eric Gross Group. Check out their website at housesinfla.com or give them a call at 513 513- 907-4271. That's housesinfla.com. And their number one more time is 513-907-4271. No matter where you are in your home ownership journey, you'll feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Pewter Report and the Pewter Report podcast. Eric's been on the show a couple of times. Hopefully we can get him on again back soon because he knows his stuff when it comes to the Buccaneers. We got a uh, another super chat to get to. Thank you to Paul Bowen for the dollar ninety nine super chat. Who says big question coming up? Baker or Michael Penix Jr. River, I will. Uh, I'll have you go first. I am. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Not Michael Penix Jr.'s biggest fan. Um, I think, given his injury history in college, which is quite frankly, if you break yeah. it down, unbelievable. Um, and he definitely has a lot of very natural arm talent that we saw displayed. He struggled in that championship game pretty mightily. And um, I always am very weary, personally, of players that have played in college for a long time. Because that usually comes with a lot of experience. And the question often becomes, are you truly really good at football? Or 
have you just been in college for five years and have an upper hand on these sophomores and freshmen? That goes for Bo Nix. That goes for guys like Michael Penix, who have not to say that it's never worked out. Yeah, yeah. But it's just something that I have always been a little weary on when it comes to NFL prospects because it's usually if you have guys that are really, really good by freshman or sophomore or junior year, then you can go, oh, they've competed very well at these levels. Um, I mean, Joe Burrow's a guy as a senior that came, that came out and ended up being really good in the NFL. But right. I'm always – older college prospects um, like that, like Penix, like Knicks, I, I'm a little wary on for that reason. Yeah, I, I, I respect the point for sure. And I think with Burrow too, like he never got playing time at Ohio State. So right. that's why There's he that transferred well. where Penix yeah. had playing time. I, I love the idea of Penix to Tampa. You know, he's a Tampa guy. He gives shout outs to Tampa when, you know, when he's on camera and things like that. But if it's Baker or Michael Penix, I'm going with the guy that's already done it and has established that he For can sure. succeed with the Buccaneers and this group. Uh, I'm a fellow left-hander, so I got a soft spot for the lefties <laughs> and especially the quarterbacks um, in the league. And um, because of that, First of all, I, I do find it hilarious that if they did draft Michael Penix, and I'm not saying that they are, if they did draft Michael Penix, what do you do with Tristan Wirfs? Do you move him back to the right side <laughs> because Penix is a lefty and you just right. ask Wirfs yeah. to move to, uh, to the other side? Penix, I think, has good touch, and he can throw the deep ball, which I really like. Right. I just see him as a guy that could really benefit from – getting drafted by probably a better team and sitting for a season or two and then getting his shot. Um, right. Obviously the, um, obviously the injury situation is, is super, super scary. Um, but yeah, so I'm taking Baker Mayfield with that. This last player I want to talk about that I absolutely love. And we mentioned him a little bit before. Just talking about actually two players because they're in the same draft class, and I mentioned both of them. Having arguably the best left tackle in the league with Tristan Wirfs, I do not think can get overlooked for what he has meant to this team since joining them in 2020. The other guy also joined them in 2020, got gypped on the Pro Bowl, but rightfully was giving given first team All Pro accolades. Safety Antoine Winfield Jr. In my opinion, don't get me wrong, I love Mike, I love Chris, a lot of guys on this team. I don't know where the Bucks would be without Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield Jr. So I love that they are a part of Tampa Bay. They are cornerstones. They are Matt Rushmore of, of the current roster. I'm not going to say um, of all time, but this duo is going to go down as one of the best draft classes in the history of the Buccaneers. Well, you're talking to the president of the Antoine Winfield Jr. fan club. So <laughs> I can, <laughs> I, uh, there's not a lot. I mean, there's nothing I could do to stop talking about Antoine Winfield Jr. Safety is my favorite position in football in general. I'm a big safety guy. I like safeties. And Antoine's ability to completely change games, especially this year, has been ridiculous. There's a decent argument that Bucks may not win that game against the Panthers if he doesn't. Yeah. Out that that Paul he did it against the Falcons as well um he just he has such a nose for turnovers and takeaways uh he, he's great at blitzing he, he can drop into coverage 
PFF often didn't give him a lot of love in the coverage game, and I've directly right. seen him knock out footballs at the point yeah. of catch <laughs> multiple times. Uh, Cole Komet with the Bears, he did it to Chris Olave with the Saints on a deep mm. ball. He's done it quite frequently. He saved those plays. So unbelievable, really good safety year this year, but I think that all pro voters got it correct. I think he's absolutely a first-team all-pro at safety. And um, he, for me, is one of the highest priorities in free agency, personally. Um, it'd be that the franchise tag's probably the route you're going to go there. But um, anything to get him back in a Bucks uniform, at least for next year, I think is going to be a pretty high priority. Yeah, um, I, I don't think there's any world in which the Bucks can move forward without Antoine Winfield Jr. on the right. team. Even if that means franchise tagging him for another season, because yeah. he has to be there and Obviously, the Bucks are going to extend Tristan Wirfs for his fifth year. Eventually, he'll need a contract extension because both of these guys are worth every single penny for them to stay with the Buccaneers. And once they get their deserving Absolutely. paydays, you got to be able to manage that money the right way. So I hope they start using Amuni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amy Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. That's right. Amy Financial has proudly been serving clients across the country since 1980. They can help you with a number of different things from advisory services to investment banking, annuities, and sales and trading. Um, if you want to set up a college account for your child, if they want to pursue going to college, you can do that as well. So give Immuni Financial a call, uh, get a free consultation. It's absolutely free. So you got nothing to lose by doing it. And the cool thing is, you heard Colorado in there, they have offices all across the country. So you can be in Tampa, you can be in Nebraska if you want to, East Coast, West Coast, doesn't matter. They got spots all over. So check out Amini Financial and get a free consultation with them. Please support our friends over at Amuni Financial. All right, River, uh, appreciate you being on the show today. Please let Of course, always know. a lot of fun. Yeah, please let everybody know uh, where they can find you on social media. I'll throw it up on here as well. And anything anything you got coming up with uh, your work over at, uh, at Buckswire? Well, uh, that bottom ticker there takes care of a lot of it. Um, <laughs> I, you can find me on Twitter at River H. Most, where I do most of my live tweeting. When I'm at the facility, I'll be uh, filming, you know, media days, uh, locker room, stuff like that. Uh, all my written work goes to Buckswire. You can just type that in and you'll find it pretty quickly. Um, I try and keep up to date with anything from analysis pieces, media days, some mock drafts, et cetera. And it is mock draft season, of course, given that the Combine's yes. going up and the draft's in April. Not going to be at the Combine, unlike you guys, uh, but I, I hope to be at the draft because it's Detroit and I do have family in Detroit. So uh, looking at that one at least tentatively for now. So just follow along at River H. Wells Twitter and then uh, type in Bucks Wire, bookmark it, do whatever you need to do. Uh, and it'll be there for you guys for all uh, my Bucks coverage. 
Yeah, guys, make sure you do that. River does uh, a lot of great work, uh, a lot of great questions as well, like you were talking Appreciate about it. with Liam Cohen. Um, get to two quick comments before we end the show. Uh, sure. Kathy Gillespie says, remember, it is possible that the inconsistency stemmed from his inconsistent surroundings, talking about Baker Mayfield. Hopefully yes. stability will bode well for consistency. I That's a very good point. Wrong. Absolutely. Uh, and, and that could very well be true because uh, Baker has had a lot of inconsistent surroundings given his time at the Browns. Uh, he had to play in Matt Rule's offense in Carolina and no one wants to do that. So whether or not it's an intrinsic yeah. thing or whether or not it's an <laughs> outer thing, um, you know, will definitely be decided probably next year when Baker's a buck. So we'll see. Yeah, I like it. Manifesting <laughs> it. And then uh, Don Hayes says, can Hainsey play left guard? He can. Um, yeah. He was kind of thrown into that center situation because they didn't really have too many other options. Um, I like Hainsey as a backup center. Like, I think that's really good depth with him right. as a backup. And there's talks about Cody Mouth potentially moving to center, but then what? You draft another guard and you do the rookie guard thing for the third season exactly. in a row. So, um, I think Hainsey has a spot on this team. I just don't necessarily Perhaps him. not as a starter. Yeah, yeah n- not as agree. a starter. Yeah. But, I mean, he's a big chemistry guy for sure. Like, he's very tight with Tristan and, and Luke Gedeke, yeah. and I do think that is very much uh, important for just overall – you, you need a glue guy on every single team. And I think for the offensive line, yeah. Hainsey is um, certainly Connected. that yeah. guy. So sure. a lot more to discuss for sure. We've got another episode tomorrow with myself and uh, Sly will be on. Adam Slavon will be back on the show Absolutely. tomorrow at 4 p.m. In the meantime, please make sure you're following us on all of our social media at Pewter Report on X, Threads, Facebook, and Instagram. We are at Pewter Report and of course, all of our content you can find at Pewter Report TV. We got the podcast, different clips, uh, things from the Bucks facility during the season, but we'll have a lot more stuff coming up as well with the Combine and everything else that is coming up soon. Um, so that's going to do it for us. Real quick, um, there was some unfortunate news that just came out at the Kansas City Chiefs parade. There was a shooting. I think 10 people got shot. Unfortunately, one person passed away, so... Um, sending our thoughts and prayers to everyone over at the parade in Kansas City. There's uh, no reason for that senseless act of violence. So just wanted to mention that, that uh, we're thinking mm-hmm. of everybody over there. Yeah. Uh, but that's going to do it for us. Hope everybody has a great rest of their Valentine's Day. For River Wells, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out.